0: This content factory we call the Rich Eisen Show.
1: This is the Rich Eisen Show. And if you don't have a, a sense of excitement about this, I don't know what you're here for. The Rich Eisen Show. Can't tell you enough how
2: much I love your show. With
1: guest hosts, Ben Lyons and Ryan Leaf. Boom! Live. Boom! From the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. The so Rich Eisen brand is really hot. That's what I'm saying. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. And now, sitting in for Rich... We're ready for any challenge. Here's Ben Lyons and
3: Ryan Leaf. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show, Hour 3. The show rolls on. Ben Lyons and Ryan Leaf hanging out. Coming up in about 20 minutes. Really funny dude. Jay Chandra Sakar, who you know from Super Troopers and Beer Fest and directing so many of your favorite TV shows that you didn't even know he was directing. He's going to be calling in. In about 20, and I hear he's a buddy of yours, uh, Ryan, on the golf course. I haven't seen you guys out there together, but he's uh, he's out there, has his stick. You can play.
4: Yeah, he's been playing forever, and uh, it's just he's just fun dude to hang out with, man. And uh, you know you know how this is like you find you find golf buddies, and uh, you like the, com- the competition, you like competing, having fun, and everything. That's the great thing about handicaps. But hey, you know you meet good people. Where do you get to spend, especially during a pandemic? four or five hours socially distant, but still social. Like that's been the biggest savior of golf for me during this process is that the golf courses were available because I could still be social because this disease, this virus asks you to isolate and be away from everybody. And that tends to bring on a whole different set of problems. But if you could also be in nature, and then also be around friends and people in fellowship and have that but still be socially distanced. I think that I think golf has been a, a huge savior for a lot of people, me in particular during this time.
3: It's like golf and filling in for rich eisen on a three hour sports talk radio show that you do with Ryan who's socially distanced right now. It's about that's about it, basically. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, joining the show right now, however. Is a, is a dear friend of mine, uh, my cinephile brother. You know him from the Cinephile podcast and, of course, his work on MLB Network, the legend himself, Adnan Verk, calling in the show. Adnan, great to have you on. Did we interrupt you watching, like, a three-hour Hungarian documentary? Or are you, <laughs> are you watching a religious persecution movie? Like, what are you doing? How
2: did you know, Ben? just dialing up Scorsese's silence for the umpteenth time. No, I'm actually... Uh, taking three of my boys to the park right now. Beautiful and very snowy New Jersey. I know you've been on the East Coast a little bit, so you're not just a Cali kid. Your roots are still in New York. You're aware of the fact that we deal with snow and inclement weather. As kids, we all love it. As adults, we hate it. So my boys are enjoying it right now. But I will get to that uh, Hungarian torture chamber drama <laughs> at some point.
3: But, however, the, while there is snow on the ground you have to start feeling warm in your heart because, you know, phrases like pitchers and catchers reporting start to (laughs) warm us up in the, in the winter months as baseball is just around the corner, as one of the faces of MLB network, as we head into this baseball season, what's the storyline that has you most fascinated as a fan and as an analyst?
2: Well, it's amazing, man. Like you said, those, those words definitely warm the cockles of anyone's heart, just pitchers and catchers report. And the fact that we're going to be, like I said, days away from that, and, of course, all the other players come. First and foremost, I'm just glad we're doing it. A season ago, every year through the long, hard winter. I can't wait for baseball to return. And last year was as painful as any because the moment just kept getting delayed and delayed, and all hope was lost. Eventually, we did have a 60-game season. I was grateful that any sort of baseball which to cover and enjoy. So I think, first and foremost, I'm just happy there is a spring training, despite the fact we all know the numbers are alarming in both Florida and Arizona, hopefully – I it will be as safe as possible. I like the fact the players in Major League Baseball are on the same page as far as protocols for this year. We'll see the return of seven-inning doubleheaders. But, listen, I'll start with your Dodgers. That's the team I'm most excited to see. I mean, the fact that they signed Trevor Bauer to this ridiculous contract, at least in the first couple of years, the 40 and $45 million are certainly large and impressive. I'm mean, curious to see what happens with the New York Mets. I love Francisco Lindor. I love that they swung for the fences. And, of course, my hometown Blue Jays signing George Springer. I think that was a massive move. This is a Blue Jays team that has been on the verge of building towards something. I think right now they could be the best team in the American League East. They still need another starter or two. I'd love them to re-sign Tawan Walker. But I do like the fact that, you know, they've got a star like Springer, who's going you know, to really build around. We all know about Vlad Jr. and Bo Bichette and Lourdes Gurriel and Oscar Hernandez and all the rest of it. But it's nice to see in baseball when the wealth gets spread. Yes, the Dodgers get Bauer, but the Jays get Springer. Real Muto, big name. We signed with the Phillies, and the Mets do get Lindor. So there's a few storylines I'm excited to see.
3: Adnan Virk joining the show, Ben Lyons and Ryan Lee filling in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen show.
4: Adnan, I, I have a uh, interesting story that involves you, but and you probably don't know this, but uh, a few years back as I was getting into this broadcasting uh, uh, world, uh, I was shadowing Kirk Street and uh, I think we were at the Rose Bowl, I think it was George, Oklahoma game, and uh, I wanted to come shadow him from game day, but we couldn't get uh, the credentials, and somehow you you had taken off, and you left your your credential was left behind and Kirk was able to get it and so i wore your credential and i just flipped it around as i was going through it it reminded me of like um you know my 21 year old friend at the bar like figuring out a way to put a wristband on me to get into the bar when i was underage and we were these you know one's Kirk street and the other one's you with the with the thing and you had no idea that that's happening I, I can't imagine if uh it, it it ended up coming back to you that hey you know Leaf got busted being you in, 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 in Pasadena last week.
2: Well, it's not the first time someone's confused me for you. Let me say that. Every time I go to a bar a restaurant, I swear every few months. Is that Ryan Leaf? I'm like, no, no, I'm just I'm it. But it's funny you mention that. So I remember I think Reese was calling another game. So as you know at ESPN would really blow out the coverage. So obviously the Rose Bowl is on January 1st, but we'd be doing stuff from, let's say, Christmas Day on. So I remember that vividly. I, I did not know that you appropriated my name and signage, but I do remember they flew me to the Rose I, I covered the Cotton Bowl in Texas, which felt like it was the I'm American Joy Gallery Invitational, because we did it every single year. Or Whatever the match, would be in Dallas in Christmas. But then I went to the Rose Bowl for a couple of days just to cover for Reese. So I did see Herbie and Dez and those guys. And then I went on to where the hell I went next. But that's I'm so glad you were able to get used to that credential. Which, By the way, a funny story. Adam and me, one of my favorites, of course, formerly of ESPN, now crashing with Fox Sports, voice of the Bulls, yeah, out of glee and excitement when he went to the national championship, he took a picture of his credential and tweeted it. And I mean, he was literally uh, I mean, assaulted by several armed guards. Like, There's one thing you can't do is you can't show off that media credential and post it. So poor guy was thrown into a reporter jail, but he ended up being okay. So I'm glad, that, I'm glad you kept the secret safe, Ron. I'm sure at this point there's a statute of limitations
3: which has now expired right uh ryan leaf and ben lyons filling in for rich eisen with ryan's doppelganger adnan Verk on the <laughs> rich eisen show you mentioned adnan my beloved dodgers getting Tre- trevor bauer the rich get richer this guy winning the cy young award is coming here and he's letting his opinions be heard he, he is somebody who's not going to be shy and, and going at the media, tweeting against the athletic already. Um, are we in for a, a kind of a combustible situation with the way that this guy interacts with the media and then he's coming to a big town like Los Angeles?
2: Well, at the very least, Ben, he's always entertaining, and he's definitely going to speak his mind. Now, in the past, he's certainly taken some heat for some of those social media posts. You know, People come at him. He goes after them, which reminds me years ago at USP and Mike Greenberg, he told me, anybody trolls you, you should ignore them. You know what I mean? He goes, you're at Burke. You don't want to punch them. What do you care? But well, then Scott Van Pelt once told me, hey, listen, someone comes at me, I reserve the right to throw back at them. And Van Pelt would always, somebody trolling, he'd always throw one shot back, but he wouldn't get into a war of words. So it's interesting how Trevor Bauer's philosophy is, okay, if you're going to come at me, I'm going to come at you. And he's done that a couple of times, Ben, where it's got him in trouble, primarily not because of what he did. Like a reporter criticized him. He defended himself, criticized the reporter, and then, boom, the Bauer army, you know, hundreds of thousands of people started really trolling this person. And that's what. The issue was, that's where Bauer said, listen, I'm not a bully. I can't control what my masses do, so to speak. But when he criticizes someone, all of a sudden his people, so to speak, his posse go after them. So I hope the Dodgers sat down and said, listen, we totally get the fact that you're fun and you're outspoken and you're brash. And we're good with the antics on the mound. If you want to imitate the power walk of Conor McGregor, when you're walking up the mound, all good. If you want to tell a reporter to go to hell just because you don't agree with them, I don't care that, too. But let's try to watch the tweets and the social media. Let's not get into issues that we don't know. He's talked about other, I think. I think he said something about the election in the past or mass. I mean, there's stuff that he's gone into that I am sure Andrew Friedman said to him. Hey, listen, we're paying you 40 million a year. We're paying you 45 million year two and 17 million in year three. If you don't accept the first those two years, hopefully, sign a long-term deal. Do me a favor. Let's try to get a handle on this thing. Can you please refrain from tweeting any sort of obnoxious comments? At least Bauer at his introductory press conference I thought Ben sounded the right cautionary tale Which was, hey, I've learned from the past I'm not going to get into trouble like that again
3: And Adnan Verk from MLB Network And the Cinephile Podcast Joining the show with Ben Lyons And Ryan Lee filling in for Rich Eisen
4: Talk to us about the Cinephile Podcast I, I'm a big movie buff I've absolutely gone into deep, dark depression The last nine months Not being able to go to a movie theater To watch films uh, I am at AMC Premier member, I get to see twelve. <laughs> I see twelve films a, a month if, if if I get out. Uh, what's it been like for you to uh, you know to analyze these these films that are coming out? I, I have a real hard time watching on my HBO Max and streaming them in my bedroom. I just don't feel the same connection. Uh, we're,
2: listen, first off, we're separate at birth, and now apparently we're of the same DNA because <laughs> I agree with your line. We're, we're last of the Mohicans when it comes to this. The amount of people have said to me, "Well, I don't care if theaters come back. I don't like going to movies anyways. I prefer streaming." I think they're all insane. I'm with you. I've got four kids. I can't wait to get a babysitter and go with my wife and go see a movie or duck out for a matinee by myself. I, I think it's one of the great experiences in life is to go see a movie either by yourself or with someone else. It can be communal or it can be isolating. I love the big screen. I love the auditory sensation. I'm with you. There's nothing that can replicate that at home. Yes, there's times that you say, okay, I might as well stream this. I don't have the time, et cetera, but I'm with you. It left a huge void in my heart being able to say, God, I can't go to the movies. When the pandemic hit, I raced out that night, March 11th, told my wife, I'm going to go see The Way Back with Ben Affleck. She's like, really? I'm like, this is probably going to be the last movie I've seen for a long time. And sadly, I was right. I didn't see another movie in theaters until Tenet, which opened in Jersey in August. Now, we've been lucky, Ron, at least here in Jersey. The theaters have been open. Paramus, which is about 15 minutes from my house, uh, which was, um, you know, they've been around. But the problem is there's not enough demand for movies. So, for example, News of the World, Tom Hanks' film, that opened in Christmas Day at that theater, of a the Woman. A movie that Ben and I like a lot, that opened in that theater. But most of these movies are going, as you said, to HBO Max, like a Judas and the Black Messiah, you know, Minari, which is a wonderful, wonderful film. Ben and I have seen because of the fact he got me in the broadcast Film Craigs Association. We're watching the screeners. But to your point, if you're just an average Joe I said, hey, listen, I want to go see some Oscar bait, or I want to just go see some fun movies, there's just not a lot of options out there. So the good news is this. I was reading my latest Hollywood Reporter. They're trying to hold the date for Black Widow in May, James Bond did get shifted from April to October, the Top Gun sequel in July. I feel like Hollywood is saying, okay, let's hang in there. Can we get to May, June, July? And hopefully by the summer we can have something of a reasonable opening for these movies. No, it's not going to be 100%. Yes, there will probably be masks, but maybe it's at 50%. Maybe we can go see some of these big tentpole movies. And then by the fall, when it's truly Oscar season, we'll be able to see these movies again. So I couldn't agree with you more. I love going to the movies. That is an experience that will never go away. What I've been making do, watching the screeners and watching the streamers and just enjoying it as much as I can. And there's a great film that I hope you see. If you haven't seen it, it's called Sound of Metal. Embarrassingly, it was not in Ben Lines' top ten of the year, but it was my favorite of 2020. It stars Riz Ahmed. It's on Prime Video. It's about a heavy metal drummer who suddenly loses his hearing. It's a great, great film, Ryan. Check it out.
3: Adnan Virk joining the show from the Cinephile Podcast and MLB Network. Ben Lyons and Ryan Leaf filling in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show. And I think that's why you and I are kindred spirits, Adnan, as well, is because my favorite movie of the year, Wander Darkly, was not on your list. And then your favorite film, Sound of Metal, was not on my list. However, I think, you know, while some people might say I single-handedly killed the genre of film criticism, uh, you and Ryan might be able to bring it back. You guys going to the movies together and your passion for cinema, I think we're on to something you never
2: criticized anything. I mean, you've not ruined anything with film passion. Are you Are kidding? Your commentary has been indispensable, Ben. And I'm not just saying that because we're boys. I've always appreciated your take on movies. And listen, the fact that you steered me to Wander Darkly, I don't know how passionate I would have been about seeing it, but you steered me to it. Cara Mealy, the director, was great. She was on Cinefile, my podcast, and she is awesome. I did like the movie, but as soon as I saw you had it at number one and did not have sound of metal. I mean, purely out a pettiness. I said, okay, I'm going to throw the lines in space. I'm not going to include water directly by top 10. That's the kind of person
3: I am. Well, Ryan's uh, brother is an actor. So he approaches this movie hustle, you know, from that perspective. And I even mentioned yesterday that mm-hmm. I had hosted a pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> premiere once with my co-host Kermit the frog. And Ryan said, Oh, my brother was in a pirates movie. I said, who did he play? He said, a dirty pirate. <laughs> <laughs> um, um but so you guys do definitely share a passion for film, and and Ryan and I have been talking about all the Oscar buzz this year. And today's category is supporting actress, and Adnan, I feel like the the, the entire race is behind the scenes, not on the screen. Everybody wants Glenn Close to win for Hillbilly Elegy, but it's one of the worst reviewed movies oh. on Rotten Tomatoes. So everybody's doing the the political thing behind the scenes to garner some support for her. It's not because of the work on the screen. Well, who's going to win supporting actress this year? Mm-hmm.
2: The critics couldn't be more right, Ben. That film is awful. And I read the book because my friend Anise Schroff recommended it. I really did enjoy it. J.D. Vance's book, which showed a side of America. I was not familiar with conservative, rural America. I thought it was very well done. But the movie was atrocious. I mean, it was, it was just filled with so many uh, tough to swallow cliches and hackneyed acting and all the time. The fact that Amy Adams and Glenn Close were both terrific actresses. Both were nominated for that movie. is nothing short of an outrage. Not only because their work is underwhelming, because they took a slot away from somebody else who is more deserving. Dare I say, Sienna Miller for Wander Darkly for Best Actress would have been a better nominee than Amy Adams. As for Close specifically, we all know she was expected to win for The Wife, and then Olivia Coleman won. Well, now we get got a nice little tete-a-tete. What we love in sports. A good rematch. Olivia Coleman's going to get nominated for Best Supporting Actress for The Father, which I think you've seen. I haven't seen it yet. And Close is up for Hillbilly Elegy. So maybe the Academy says, okay, eighth nomination, eight is enough. Pacino famously won on his eighth nomination for Scent of Woman*, which is not his best film, but it's better than Hillbilly Elegy. Now they'll make it up to Glenn Close and say, okay, eighth nomination, here you go. But that would be a travesty, Ben. There's two that I know you're with me, I hope you're with me, that I really want to see. I want to see nominations. I want to see a win for either of these. Maria Bakalova for Borat, subsequent movie film. She's hysterical. And I would love to see a nomination. Comedy, as we always know, are underrepresented. Borat's subsequent movie film was named Best Picture of the Year by the New York Times, for God's sake. Shout out to A.O. Scott. I had it at number six. And the other one I would really love, Ben, Jung Ho Jong from Minari. She plays the grandmother who is so unlike any other grandmother you've seen. She loves pro wrestling. She loves a body mouth. She is so wonderful in Minari, which, as you and I both know, A24 is going to give that movie a big push. I wouldn't be surprised to see this story, about a Korean family assimilating into America immigrant dream. Hopefully get some love. I'm hoping for Bakalova or Joe. I would be, I guess, okay with Olivia Colman. I haven't seen the father, but if it's playing close, my goodness. You and I are gonna to have to take a flamethrower to the Dolby Theater.
3: <laughs> Adnan Burke joining the show from the Cinephile podcast, Ben Lyons and Ryan Leaf and Ryan. This is why I love Adnan. Because he just he sounded like Newt Rockney as he's talking about like football. I mean he's Oh no.
4: He's I, I got fired that. Yeah. up yeah. about <laughs>
3: supporting actress. <laughs> like just like that kind of intensity.
4: I you know, I, I I find I I think of myself as a bit of a cinephile. I really do. I, I think I utilize it though for for my mental health. I, I'm a little worried about Adnan and how it affects his <laughs> ne- mental health negatively, maybe. So we'll we'll have a we'll have a conversation off air about that one. But I like I like his uh, I like his intensity. That's for sure.
2: Ryan, I was outraged when Ethan Hawke, who is a, we all know a great, great actor, has been nominated four times, twice for screenplay, twice for acting. He was not nominated for a movie I love called First Reform. Back to Ben's point, about my love of seeing films of religious persecution. He plays a priest who's having a mental and spiritual breakdown. He was not nominated for Best Actor. and I was so incensed for days I was furious. I eventually, one of my friends said, you know, I think you're bothered by this more than Ethan Hawk. Like I don't think he cares as much as you do. Like he was probably mildly annoyed. He was like, oh, I don't ever see Austin. I'll get paid. I'll, I'll do another movie. Why are you taking it so personally? I said, I don't know. It's just the way I'm the way I'm fired. And could you imagine, by the way, if I had this kind of passion for things that actually mattered? Like if somebody asked me about universal health care, I was this fired up. It would be so much better in life. I think I could help people.
4: I think so too. Well, that's that's something that uh, you take a look at that. All right. Take a look at that. <laughs>
3: Hey, last thing here, Adnan Burke joining the show from the Cinephile podcast, which if you're a big movie fan is a must listen, download, subscribe, rate, and review Ben Lyons and Ryan Lee filling in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen show. I I, I would be remiss to to not ask you about this hall of fame stuff with baseball. We're going into a, a baseball season with no hall of fame inductees. Baseball's whole thing is the history of the game. And now we're getting to the moment uh, where the steroid era is going to be top of mind come every all, a hall of fame ballot for all these baseball writers so is this the first of many years we're going to see no new guys going in or how do you think baseball and the writers react to the no hall of fame nominees this year
2: well it's not a total anomaly ben it's happened before i believe it's the fifth time there was ever no voters um that were elected as far as players and i believe it happened even five or six years ago so it does stand out as a headline. Wow, no Hall of Famers, but it actually happens more than you might think. Now, specific to what you're talking about, Curt Schilling was the guy who was closest to getting in, around 71%. We all know about Schilling and his you know, posts and social media, how that impacts the fact that he was a great player, but people view him through a certain lens. And when you look at the Hall of Fame, character does matter. Like That is one of the qualifications. It's not only what kind of a player you were on the field, but character and sportsmanship, et cetera. So clearly... That has affected Kurt Schilling. He does still have one more chance to get in. The reason why I don't think it's that bad, Ben, is because the class from last year didn't get their chance in the Sun. Derek Jeter and, notably, Canadian Larry Walker did not get inducted last year, at least in a public display. They were named to the Hall of Fame, but they're going to hopefully, God willing, get their speeches and have all their friends and family and fans there in July. So it would look, I think, a lot tougher for baseball. if Oh, it's Hall of Fame weekend and nobody got in. Okay, moving on. But you're going to say, hey, listen, we had to wait for a couple of years. But here's Jeter, here's Larry Walker. How cool is this? Your point, though, is well taken for next year because Bonds and Clemens, it's year 10 it's their final chance. I don't think they're going to get in. They're at like 65%. That would be a big jump. I don't think it's going to happen. Schilling goes right on the precipice. And maybe some of those writers said, you know what? Schilling did not use steroids, but we just don't care for some of his actions. But we still have a year left. Why don't we give Jeter and Larry Walker their moment? We'll let Schilling get in year 10. We made him suffer, made him wait will get in right at the buzzer next year. I could see that
3: happen. Great stuff as always, Adnan. We appreciate you spending some time away from watching your religious persecution movies to share some <laughs> insights on baseball and film with me and Ryan. Thanks, man. Most importantly, Ben, RJ Barrett, Canadian, popping up the mix. Let's That's go. right. Maple Mamba. He, he, he was born the day I graduated high school. It's destiny, Adnan. All right. <laughs> coming up next, uh, the guests keep coming, man. This is a big show today. Jay Tronda sakar You know him from Super Troopers, Beer Fest. He's a buddy of Ryan Leafs. He's calling in the show next. It's Ben Lyons and Ryan Leaf hanging out for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road, and I should know. They kept my car on the road, and they do it with a smile on their face. They offer friendly service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs, and that comes in so welcome when your car needs to be put back together, and they do it with a smile so you know you're being taken care of. They got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. And guess what? You should not miss... Power Torque Tools DIY days at O'Reilly Auto Parks. Power Torque Hand Tools come in with a lifetime guarantee. And right now, you can save big on Power Torque Hand Tools, Power Tools, Jacks, and more. Get great deals on a wide range of power torque jacks and jack stands, including two-ton jack stands and up to three-and-a-half-ton floor jacks. Let the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts help you find the right power torque tools for your next DIY project. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. This is the Rich Eisen show. This is the Rich Eisen
3: show. I am Ben Lyons, joined by Ryan Leaf today. We are moments away from our next guest, Jade Chandra Sakar, calling in. Director, creator, Super Troopers, Beer Fest, and author. A ton of TV shows. He directs that you don't even know he directs. Um, the Rest of Development, The Goldberg. So many. Um, it's been Bottom a great line. show today. We've had a lot to get into, a lot to talk about. I want to thank Andrew Brandt, of course, and Adnan Virk and O'Shea Jackson Jr. Everybody's called in. Everybody for listening as we're filling in for Rich all week long. Really appreciate it. Taking some time out of your day to hang out with us, talk sports, talk life, talk film. Uh, we've gone into a lot of stuff today. And 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 Ryan, while we're, we're waiting here for Jay, um, one quarterback situation we have not talked about uh, in our two days doing the show today is in the NFC North, and that's with Jay's beloved Chicago Bears. Uh, The Chicago Bears quarterback position has been a carousel of buffoonery, if you were to ask my family, which hails from Chicago. My mother was born there. Grandma still lives there. Uh, I went to a Bears game about two years ago, watched them beat up on Aaron Rodgers to win the division, and my Aunt Jean wore a Bears head on her head to the game, so it just kind of lets you know the fandom we're dealing with. What do you think happens to Trubisky and, and Chicago with their quarterback position?
4: Well, they were a big player in the uh uh you know, ironically enough, they were a big player in the Matthew Stafford conversation and it would have been inside the division. Um that's 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 strange. They didn't um, go to
3: Mexico though. That's why they didn't get on the, the PJ and go down to Cabo as you told right. us yesterday.
4: <laughs> Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy didn't do it. I'm a I'm a Mitchell Trubisky fan. I, I think he's He's unfairly criticized because of the other two quarterbacks drafted immediately after him in that draft. Um, um, I, I will say this. I, I think that if they are not able to land themselves a solid free agent quarterback or in some way get a trade, I think he's your best bet. And I say you play out his fifth-year option and try to build around They've got to either re-sign Robinson at wide receiver or move on from uh or or lose him. And then you're you're without probably your best wide receiver in, in, in the mix. So you know Nagy's kind of just it almost feels lame duckish because like next year if it's if it doesn't change, he's probably gonna be gone and then they're gonna move. So it's an interesting year for the Chicago Bears and where they're gonna be at.
3: Yeah, signs of hope throughout the season. You thought they might make a run, but ultimately didn't have enough, and so much of it fell onto the shoulders of Mitch Trubisky, Ben Lyons and Ryan Lee filling in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show. Something I've learned from spending these last two days with you, Ryan, is your team-building strategy. Don't pay the quarterback.
4: Well, I, I've, I've seen I've seen teams with quarterbacks taking less and being on rookie deals, and you be able to build out around uh, and build your team defensively and stuff. I really liked how the Rams did it when they went to the Super Bowl a couple years ago where they built that defense. They were able to go out and spend money on that defense uh, Okay, so Jay's Jay's trying to reach us here. What's what's the number, Art? What's the number I need to give Jay a call? Raiders fan, in?
3: Art on the boards. Our engineer extraordinaire, he's on top of it. I know he's okay. been uh, he's been looking at free agency wire, seeing who the Raiders should go after. Mel Kuiper draft boards, who the Raiders should take in the third round. I know Art's very focused on on his Las Vegas Raiders. Um, but you're right. I mean, the Bears are at an interesting year this year. Uh, they they have won a division with with Mitch Trubisky, so they could, in theory, do that again. Um, but it obviously doesn't inspire a lot of confidence if you're a Chicago Bear fan sitting here in February thinking, all right, our run to the Super Bowl is going to be with, you know, the former number two pick. Um, and someone, you know, like you said, that you're a fan of, but I don't know if, if he's the long-term future there in Chicago. Um, all right, so coming up next, we're going to have Jay... Call in Jay Chandra Sakar. You know him from uh, Beer Fest. You know him from Super Troopers, all that good stuff. And I'm always amazed by people who do it the independent route. He gets studio checks now from directing big TV shows, but he <laughs> went out there and made a film like like Super Troopers, and it changed his life. And and you know, he bet on himself. So I'm always a big fan of. Art, people tell who do me that. again
4: what that number is in my ear, please. <laughs>
3: You know, when Rich is when Rich is away. The uh, the inmates will play. I suppose is what's happening here. But I do want. All right,
4: we're efforting here. We're efforting. I do.
3: I, I do want to get into this Bears stuff with him because, as you said, he's a huge Chicago Bears fan. Uh, you being a, a Chicago Cubs fan, you've got some allegiance to that part of the country. Uh, it, it's interesting to me the actors who who. Live and die with their teams. And oftentimes it's because they've got a lot of downtime that they're able to, you know, Josh Dumel is able to go out to Minnesota and blow the skull or whatever it is to, you know, welcome the team onto the field because he's off. He's got a few months in between jobs. Uh, actors often I find and filmmakers are the biggest and most knowledgeable sports fan because they have a lot of downtime uh, to actually live and die with their teams. And joining the show right now is someone who is a diehard Bears fan. He's a filmmaker, an author, you know him from Super Troopers and Beer Fest and a tons of things over the years that have made us laugh. Jay Chandra Sikhar, great to have you on the show, man. Thanks for calling in.
5: Hello. How are you doing?
3: Well, Ryan was just professing his love for Mitch Trubisky, and as a Bear fan, I don't know if you still have those same sentiments in your heart after watching him play quarterback for the last few years.
0: Well,
5: I mean, look, there's, it's such a complicated situation because of obviously the... The way they traded up to get him and the way they obviously passed Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. So, if you take that out of the equation, the guy, you know, his record as a Chicago bears is really pretty good. Um, but we happen to be in a division with uh, a team that dra- drafts Hall of Fame quarterbacks one after another. And I've lived through a decade and change of Brett Favre and then another decade and change of Aaron Rodgers, And it doesn't ultimately matter what happens with Mitch Trubisky because, you know, he can't ultimately beat green Bay. If, if, if he's not as good at throwing passes over 15 yards and he's, you know, he's great at short passes. He really is. And he can run. And he's probably a decent guy. And frankly, three out of the last four games of this year, he put up 30 points, but Beating Aaron Rodgers is kind of all that I care about anymore, and and if that can't happen, then I suppose it may be time to let him go. What I'm terrified about is that he's going to become great. Like maybe he needed five years to get there. I mean, he didn't he didn't play that much in college. Like 13 games he started or something like that, 16 games. So it's like maybe he that's what he needed. Now he's going to go leave and become great for somebody else, and that would break my heart. But I don't envy those guys. I don't envy pace and, and Maggie. I, I just, I don't even know.
3: Jay Chandra, Chandra Sikar calls the show. And I, I laugh, uh, Ben Lyons, Ryan Lee filling in for rich Eisen, because I can hear the anxiety in your voice. I can hear the exasperation of just, ah, uh, uh, there's just a lot of emotion that's loaded into it. Well, what did, I mean? He went and really
5: lit it up in three out of the last four games. And you're like, well, now what? Well, now what? <laughs>
4: Well, I think that's that's the long-suffering Chicago sports fan. It really is. You and I are Cubs fans, and we had to live through that, and we didn't really get to enjoy what that World Series run was like. And I think it's just, you know, you've, you've accepted that this is your lot in life, Jay, when it comes to the Bears, and you're going to have to uh, uh, <laughs> just live with it now. Well, I don't know
5: what they can do. I mean, obviously, Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz, are available, but Carson Wentz is being let to leave. So you go, well, what's the problem there? And Deshaun Watson, is he really going to end up in Chicago? I mean, is that really going to happen? I just don't see that. It would be wonderful. but <laughs> I don't see that happening.
3: Jay Chandra Sakar joins the show. Ben Lyons and Ryan Lee filling in for Rich Eisen. And before you came on, Jay, I said something that, that I want to be sure to say to you. I, I really respect people who bet on themselves have a story that they want to tell and do it their way and you were able to do that in creating super troopers and making so many people laugh 20 years ago now um take us back to that moment when you realized that the only way this thing was going to happen is if you were the guy to do it and just the the guts you had to have to bet on yourself to embark on a career making films and tv
5: well I, i was an actor in in high school and college and when i was getting ready to graduate, I was like, God, you know, there are no Indians on the movie screens or TV screens. There was one in Ben Kingsley who played Gandhi, but, you know, the way that movie ended, they weren't going to make a Gandhi too, right? So I was kind of like looking at it and saying, whatever they wanted an Indian, they put a white guy in brownface. And I'm like, okay, so I'm not going to be able to really audition and work my way into show business that way because they clearly – it's not happening, right? Nobody else is able to do it. So I said, you know, what if I wrote my own scripts and then learned how to direct them and then cast myself, which would force me into the movie? Uh, and, you know, I was, I was doing stand-up in the summers in Chicago at around 19. I started getting involved in the Improv Olympic. And then I went back to Sh- uh, Colgate, uh, where I went to school. And I'm like, I'm going to start a comedy group. And so I started this group that became Broken Lizard. And we decided we would be something like Monty Python. We would write uh, our, our own movies. And uh, somehow we'd get them made. And I, you know, I took a couple film classes here and there. And we shot a bunch of short videos. And eventually I learned how to make movies. And it was only because there were no, there was no, real, there were no Indians on screen. I was like, I have to do it myself.
4: Well, it's 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 incredibly inspiring, and for for we just had Adnan on who who is a cinephile, and, and as am I. And uh, some of the things, and I got lucky enough. Now we've kind of spoke about it a little bit, but Jay and I play golf a lot together, and so for me, like the first time I met him, I was just kind of like, "You're not, I'm not starstruck, but I'm just kind of like." you make me laugh so much and tell me, tell me stories. I want to hear stories. And so he must get pretty, you must get a little uh, annoyed with me during a round of golf. Cause I'm always peppering you with questions about what went on in the set. What's going on here? What's this about? Uh, but it's, it's fascinating for me.
5: Well, you, I, I'm not annoyed by it, but I, I was worried that you might get annoyed with me. On, and when I ask you how to hit um, a shot with one my feet are uh, above the ball, <laughs> <laughs> and, and these kind of, kind of a million golf questions, and you you have a much better golf game than I do, so uh, I'll trade you question for question anytime. I like that.
3: Jay Chandra Sakar joins the show. Ben Lyons and Ryan Lee filling in for Rich Eisen. And something that's really great about your career too is that, in addition to directing these films that are from the Broken Lizard family and that you're so synonymous with, you direct so much television so many shows that audiences might not be familiar that you jumped on directed uh you know did a few episodes or even just one episode what's the biggest difference you think in directing for television especially when you come on to do just one episode of a of a show well
5: i mean i i I started directing tv when i was about i think 25 they the nbc saw our first film and said let's make that into a tv show and we made a pilot for it. It it didn't it didn't end up going. But uh, my friend uh, Judd Apatow saw it, and he goes, you know, that show should have gone, and um, it didn't. So I'm going to make a version of it now for Fox. Will you come direct an episode? And so I did. And that was sort of like uh, I started directing. I mean, after obviously I worked for NBC, I, I started working for Fox. And it was it's interesting because yeah, I go in and I look at a show and I go, you know. I think they're pretty close to greatness or I think if they tried these three things I think the show could be a little bit better and that's always my strategies I'm always um from an ego standpoint I'm trying to make the best episode they've ever seen so that they so that it moves their show towards like a different style of 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 cutting or a different different lenses or the rhythms a little paced up whatever it is I'm always trying to sort of you know add to what they've done that has gotten them on the air and kind of make it a little a little better and I, you know I've been lucky I, I've worked on shows like uh, Arrested Development and Community and New Girl and The Goldbergs and you know Chuck like all sorts of, like I've done about 150 episodes of television now because I'm considered a you know basically you're like if you if you do well in TV they they look at you like you're a working hammer and they're like okay we'll put you on these six things and these six things and they just keep going so there's no there's sort of you can do as much tv as you want if you sort of follow what 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 the rules are
4: what? I've 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 witnessed this process in him uh, as a golfer because I think at one point he told me his his back or his arm or his elbow was bothering him so much that he was going to take some time off. The next time I talked to him, he said he had played 15 days straight. So he is a he is a working hammer. I think is the best way to put it. Tell us a little bit about what you got going on next. I know you're going to head out of the country here in a couple uh, in about a week uh, to work on a new project. But uh, fill our listeners in on what what you got coming up.
5: Well, the one in Vancouver, which I'm about to go to, has not been announced yet. So. If I, if I so the Rich Eisen now, show with
3: Ben Lyons and Ryan Lee filling in for Rich Eisen is the perfect place to Mr. announce it.
5: <laughs> Mr. Spielberg will get upset with me, so um, I'm actually I'm actually working for for his company, not directly for him, but you know, uh, uh, I'm going to do a film up in up in up in Canada with a stand up comic. I'll just say that. Nice. Um, now, besides that, we you know Broken Lizard is going to make two films. I think one hopefully this fall that's set in. 16th century France in like a um, uh, torture chamber. It, it, it involves the king and the and the pope and a and a hunchback. It's sort of like a Monty Python thing for us. So it's kind of a big swing, but. Um,
4: and I'm sure you're I'm sure you're writing a uh, cameo for uh, for the large Ryan Leaf. Uh, no,
5: every time <laughs> we play, he's like, "Don't forget me. I want to be in it. I want to be in it." <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, Jay Chandra Sakar, thank you so much, man. Best of luck on the new film. I'm trying to keep up with Ryan Leaf on the golf course, who I know shoots under par at Mountain Gates. Yes. And best of luck with your Chicago Bears, man. Right, thanks, thanks for calling Jay. the show.
4: Okay, bye now. Thanks, Jay.
3: Jay Chandra Sakar, diehard Bears fan creative, talented filmmaker and a friend of Ryan Lee, so he's a friend of the show. Um, Coming up next, Ryan, as we close things out here on a Tuesday, I want to get into this Draymond green sound. Draymond, after the Warriors game last night, had a few choice words about the state of player mobility in the NBA. We'll get into it next. Ben Lyons and Ryan Lee filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show.
1: This is the Rich Eisen Show.
3: Ben Lyons and Ryan Lee filling in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show. Thank you so much for rocking out with us today. We had a big show. Tomorrow's going to be a big show as well. Ryan's last day on the show this week, and then we trade him in for Kirk Morrison coming in for Thursday and Friday. Player mobility, man. It's a theme this week on the show. It's been a theme this week in the NFL. And, of course, it's top of mind in the NBA as the trade deadline fastly approaches. Yesterday on the show, we broke the news that the Cleveland Cavaliers had decided to sit Andre Drummond as they figure out a possible trade scenario. The Detroit Pistons announced they're sitting Blake Griffin as they discuss a possible trade scenario. And the deadline's not for, like, a month, Ryan. Kind of unprecedented for teams imagine, to be doing this.
4: Imagine both of these guys sit for a month. Imagine that. They, the, the teams must have a pretty good feel for – for you know this mobility happening quickly,, Otherwise, I mean that's, that's a significant amount of time, but I guess to their point, if they know they're going to make these moves, they cannot possibly jeopardize them getting hurt and losing their, their valuation uh, as, as trade equity.
3: But that's just entirely from the ownership point of view, from the front office point of view. And that's what sparked Draymond Green to have, sh- have some thoughts about this whole situation after the Warriors game last night. You know, I wanted our super engineer, Art Raiders fan, Art to maybe cut up a few sound bites from Draymond. But what he said was so impactful and thoughtful, I didn't want to take him out of context. So here's Draymond Green in his entirety last night speaking to that end about what this means for the players when they get benched for a month because the organization they play for is trying to trade them.
6: I would like to talk about something that's really bothering me, and uh, it's the treatment of players in this league. To, to watch Andre Drummond before the game uh, sit on the sideline, then go to the bat, and then come out in street clothes because a team is going to trade him. Because when James Harden asked for a trade and essentially dogged it, I don't think there was no surprise or no, you know, there's no one's going to fight back that James was dogging it his last days in Houston. But he was castrated for wanting to go to a different team and everybody destroyed that man. And yet a team can come out and say, oh, we want to trade a guy. And then that guy is to go sit. And if he doesn't stay professional, then he's a cancer and he's not good in someone's locker room and he's the issue. And we've seen situations of Harrison Barnes getting pulled off the bench. You know, DeMarcus Cousins finding out that he's traded in an interview after the All-Star game and we continue to let this happen. But I got fined for stating my opinion of what I thought should happen with another player But teams can come out and continue to say, oh, we're trading guys. We're not playing you.
3: That's Draymond Green after the Warriors game last night. Ben Lyons and Ryan Lee filling in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show. And Draymond would continue with his thoughts about player mobility
6: in the NBA. And yet we're to stay professional. At some point, as players, we need to be treated with the same respect and have the same rights that the team can have. Because as a player... You're the worst person in the world when you want a different situation. But a, but a team can say they're trading you, and that man is to stay in shape. He is to stay professional. And if not, his career is on the line. At some point, this league has to protect the players from embarrassment like that. You know, we talk all of this stuff about you can't do this, you can't say that publicly. If you say that publicly, you're fine. Anthony Davis got fined, I think, $100,000 or something like that for demanding a trade publicly. But you can say Andre Drummond's getting traded publicly and we're looking to trade him publicly and he's to stay professional and just deal with it. But then when Kyrie Irving say, oh my mental health is off, everybody go crazy about that too. Do you not think that affects someone mentally? As much as we put into this game to be great, to come out here and be in shape, to produce for fans every single night and most importantly, to help your team win do you think that doesn't affect someone mentally but as players we're told to ah no, you can't say that you can't say this but teams can it goes along the same lines of when when everyone wants to say oh man that young guy can't figure it out but no one wants to say the organization can't figure it out at some point the players must be respected in these situations and it's ridiculous and I'm sick of seeing it. Y'all have a great night. I'll see y'all tomorrow or Wednesday. <laughs> That's
3: Draymond Green, Ben Lyons and Ryan Lee filling in for Rich Eyes and said some great stuff there, Ryan, especially about players' mental uh, attitude about being the subject of trade rumors. What are your thoughts on hearing Draymond speak so passionately after the game last night?
4: He's a very intelligent young man. I call him a young man still because he's younger than me, but you, you when you take this on, okay, when you decide that you are that you're passionate about a sport, basketball, football, and and the pressures and the things that come with it, I think that sometimes are is the perspective from the fan or the ownership or something like that. Hey, you wanted to do this. This is what the these are what the boundaries of this look like. Uh, either deal with it or don't. You, we don't you know, have to pay you a, a ton of money to play a you know a, a child's game. So I, I get that point of it. But you also have to understand like this is, this is humanity too, right? This is human beings, and they're dealing with things uh, on a much different level than other people are. You cannot compare jobs. You can't compare a guy that goes into an insurance office and sits there and, uh, you know, and they want to ship him to another insurance office or something like that. It's, it's not the same in what, in what we're trying to accomplish here. It's, it's, you can't view it the same way. So I love that he spoke out about it. I'm always advocating for players. The mental health side of this is huge. Right? I mean, everybody gets up and goes to work, and everybody has to deal with life on life's terms, and some people uh, understand that it's not necessarily fair, and even if you're a professional athlete, it's not necessarily fair. It's how you deal with it that matters. Unfortunately, the NBA is telling you that you cannot deal with it sometimes in a healthy way because uh, it's not good for their brand, and that's where the problem and the disconnect exists for me, that... What is right and what is healthy and non-toxic for a player sometimes doesn't fit with uh, the the large corporation that makes millions and millions and billions and billions of dollars. And that's there's where the disc can have, and that's where the problem is. And I, and I appreciate Draymond Green you know, speaking about it intelligently uh, in that moment.
3: No, it was a great moment last night, which is why we wanted to share it with you today. And we'll continue to talk about player mobility both in the NFL and uh, in in the NBA tomorrow when Ryan's back on the show, uh, I know you got to go play uh, play dad for the rest of the afternoon. So we appreciate you. Little hanging NFL out Radio, with us. everybody
4: on Sirius XM later tonight. That's
3: right, man. You're trying to be like Rich Eisen, one of the hardest working guys in, in sports <laughs> media. <laughs> Try. Uh, I'm taking a page out of Ryan Leaf's book though. This afternoon, and guy got an afternoon tea time, so I'm going to jump. But I appreciate you guys listening as always. Ryan will be back tomorrow, where we'll have another big loaded show. The Draymond Green sound, man, that really gets me as well. I know we kind of introduced it at the end of today's show, but we're going to get into it more tomorrow. And by then, we might even have some moves from these guys as well. Draymond Green talking about Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin. So that's it for today. We appreciate you rocking out on The Rich Eisen Show. This is Ben Lyons and Ryan Lee filling in for Rich. We'll see you tomorrow.